You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Okay, thanks so much to everyone. Zafar uh, Khair for coming today uh, for our talk, uh, Reachers, Preachers, and Teachers, how we shall be serving uh, God's, God's teacher, uh, God's God's preachers, there we go. It's up throughout the week that's confused me. The the rhyming has just confused me. Mashallah, Sheikh's title, uh, so it's as eloquent as ever. Um, so I won't keep you too long. Um, I'll introduce Sheikh Sahib Sayyid, who's a graduate of Al Azhar University and, uh, as he says, a resident of Hillhead, so a local, inshallah. So please bring us together. Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala al-mabruthi rahmatan al-alameen Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah Salam and peace uh, to all of you Good job And um, yes, I deliberately made this rhyming title Just to see how Usman will handle it on the day uh, Reachers, teachers and preachers How will you serve God's creatures? I like rhyming as you can tell and also, um, I've had a few things on my mind in the past little while. Um, a brother is here from Oman. Uh, I was recently in Oman attending a course there, which I was pleasantly shocked to find myself sitting next to a brother from Glasgow University uh, while I was sitting in this Quran reflection course that was going on for a week. I had no idea this was going to happen, but over lunch, the brother says to me, are you from the UK, are you from Scotland, are you from Glasgow? In Arabic. And I'm looking at him in utter shock and disbelief. But it turns out he's a student here. And that course actually was um, one of the things that's been, you know, really jogging a lot of thoughts about what it is to be a Muslim, what it is to be a practicing Muslim. What, what is this thing called Islam? Obviously, I've thought about that before, but it's one of these questions you need to come back to again and again. And it was centered, this course, as I said, around the Qur'an and our connection with it. Secondly, there's been a lot of things going on, you know, in social media, especially about, um, you know, what it means to be a public Muslim or to be a celebrity Muslim or to be a preacher or a teacher. And that's why these words were buzzing around a little bit. And I thought to myself, you know, what, what are we doing here as Muslims? What are we doing as individuals? What are we trying to achieve? What is it that we're aspiring to? So, when Usman asked me for a title, I guess, uh, I thought the word preacher, and I thought, what rhymes with preacher, and then it all just uh, came from there. So that's just to explain that away. But now I've found that actually, I'm reflecting further on the title, um, I found some quite useful um, framework there for what uh, I want us to understand. And really, I'm not going to say anything that's like rocket science or any of the other degrees that you're studying here, right? Do they teach rocket science at Glasgow? Uh, maybe in Edinburgh, okay. So, the starting point really here, I will go back to a khutbah that I gave in, in, um, in the chaplaincy here a couple of weeks ago, which was around Surat al-Asr. And Surat al-Asr is something which we have to come back to time and time again. Pardon the pun, I do a lot of these things. So, because it's an oath by time, and it speaks about the human being, in the insana lafi khusr. Okay? So, what I want us to take from this for the moment is the essential message about being human 
Okay, what is a human being? What is it to be a human? And what it is to be a mu'min and someone who works for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because all of mankind is described, all of humanity is described as being in loss. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالْحَقِّ وَتَوَاصَوْا بِالصَّبْرِ Okay, the message here of this surah is so central to the deen that some of the scholars said if nothing else from the Qur'an had been revealed except Surah Al-Asr, it would have been enough for the people to understand. So, what is it here? It is the exception. How are you the exception to being in loss? If mankind is in loss, how do you be an exceptional human being? You do it through these four things that are mentioned. الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Is a starting point. And then the togetherness of exhorting and reminding one another with truth and also with patience. If we go back to the first two points, believing and doing good deeds. These are really what everything to do with religion is connected with, either iman or amal, or both. Because when we go to other ayat of the Qur'an that speak about iman and amal, oftentimes you can barely distinguish which one is being spoken of. Okay? So if we want to learn about iman, we understand that iman and faith is something that resides in the heart. And so we start here. And when the Qur'an is describing for us the mu'minun, the believers, the people of faith, there are a number, a number of descriptions that we find in different surahs of the Qur'an. I'll mention around two of these. So first of all, in Surah Al-Anfal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the believers from ayah number two onwards. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ The believers are only those. إِنَّمَا It's restricting it to this description. Only those can be called believers who, when Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble. Wait a second. I thought a Muslim is someone who has got uh, a beard. I thought a Muslim is someone who comes from particular countries, likes particular food, someone who wears hijab, someone who even we see them in the masjid and they're praying. Even we can mention all of the five pillars of Islam. We haven't got to them yet. Don't worry, it will come. But first thing mentioned here, when Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble. Tremble out of love. Tremble out of awe and fear. And these things go hand in hand. And when our signs and our ayat and our verses are recited upon them, it increases them in faith. And they depend upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They trust in Allah. Those who establish the prayer, they are regular in their salah, which links them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this worship. And they spend from what we have provided them. And this is one of the crucial points that I want, key points that I want to take from this um, talk or this discussion or this reminder is that these things are always paired together in the Qur'an. 
the salah and spending the salah and zakah right from the beginning of the quran after the fatiha alif lam mim dhalika alkitab la rayba fihi hudal lilmuttaqin alladhina yu'minuna bil ghaib wa yuqimuna as-salah wa wa yu'tuna az-zakah here in this ayah is this right alladhina yuqimuna as-salata Okay, so we've got the pairing between the salah and also the spending from what Allah has given. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives all sorts of things, all sorts of rizq to his servants. And that rizq we can call capital. So it may be financial capital, it might be intellectual capital like knowledge it might be um, spiritual capital physical capital time is the most precious resource that we have so to give from all these things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the human being this is what it means to spend from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided and so this is something that we find Again and again in the Quran. The pairing of salah and zakah, or the pairing of salah and spending. Okay? Al Mu'minun. There is a surah called Al Mu'minun. If we're trying to investigate who are these faithful people, there is a surah that begins by saying, Qad aflah al Mu'minun. Surah number 23. And again, here, what are the things? qualities and attributes that are mentioned to explain why the believers are successful. Why are they successful? Why have they succeeded? They are those who are present and humble and conscious and full of awe in their prayers. So it's not only about Performing the prayers in the kind of external sense. Practicing Muslim. Because people see you practicing, so you're practicing. It's an external description. But they are successful because, and on the condition that, fi salatihim khashi'un. So it's that heart again, coming back to the heart. When Allah is mentioned, their hearts tremble. When they are in salah, they are full of this Lowliness before Allah, this humility, this khushur, this connection. So in this chain of ayat, which we won't mention all of them in detail, we find a description of how they are turning away from vain speech. They're turning away from things that don't concern them. So if we're going to mention the social media storm and scandals and all of these things I will come back to that point that when something doesn't concern you you busy yourself with what concerns you busy yourself with something that will benefit you or through it you can benefit others and this is one of the points I remember from the course in, in Oman the sheikh who was teaching it would always keep saying to us rakiz, 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 rakiz. pay attention 
And especially when he was reciting ayat, and most of the most of the course, by the way, he was just reciting ayat of the Quran. And amazingly, it was a lot of the time like we didn't hear those ayat before. Even if we have, the way that he brought them and, and in a in a silken thread guiding us through these ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he would always tell us, focus. And what I realized at the end, or towards the end, was he was giving us a life lesson. Because he explained that later on. I'm telling you to focus because everything in this world around you is trying to distract you and stop you from focusing. To stop you from listening to Allah's verses. To stop you from pondering upon his book. To stop you from being full of wonder and khushur in your salah. To stop your heart from trembling at Allah's mention. Because you are so distracted. And because your spirits have been drained. And your resources have been drained. And you have been dispersed into everything that doesn't concern you. So a practicing Muslim. If we want to know what it means. If we want to understand. Whether a practicing Muslim is not a Quranic term. Right? The closest I can say is. So they are Muslims in faith, but they also are practicing and doing good deeds. But we're all practicing Muslims. I don't know what it means to be a non-practicing Muslim. You're a Muslim. It means you are submitting yourself. That submission is itself a practice. Believing in Allah is a practice. It's an action of the heart. Because the heart has got actions and the limbs the eyes, the tongue, these have all got their own actions. The actions of the heart are knowing Allah, loving Allah, fearing Allah, repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of these are actions of the heart. But that's the problem when we think about practicing Muslims or practicing Islam in almost physical terms. Physical manifestations are what defines practicing for so many people. But we really need to remind ourselves that the heart of the matter is in here. Okay? The core of the matter is in here. So, amal. We've talked already about amal because we couldn't escape it. As soon as we look at what is the person of iman, it was already mentioning the actions such as salah, such as spending, and numerous other things. Also, there is this balance between fulfilling the rights of Allah upon us and fulfilling the rights of the people. Hukukullah wa hukukul ibad. And that brings us back to this point about salah and infaq. Okay? This was another point that the Shaykh in the course in Oman had emphasized to us. That if we were to summarize the whole of what this deen is, this religion is, it comes down to glorifying Allah and spending from what he has given. And that glorification or that tasbih is manifested above all in the salah. And that spending from what Allah has given is symbolized by and, and the pinnacle of it is the zakah. But everything else that we give, which we consider to be optional. Okay, we've got zakah which is uh, obligatory upon people who have a certain amount of money and they've had it for a year then they have to pay zakat upon it, right? The famous poet said, reach for the stars. I'll just give you a moment for that to, that song to start in your head. Yeah, reach for the stars. You don't reach for the stars but you reach for Al-Firdaus. 
You don't even reach for the lowest level of Jannah. You reach for the highest level of Jannah. This is the, the spirit and the teaching of our Prophet So this is what I mean by reachers, first and foremost. A reacher is a person who is striving for excellence. A reacher, every one of us, is reaching and stretching to be the best according to the potential that Allah has placed in you. The way that He has created you. We have made the human being in the best of forms. A form that is more open to this potential for growth than any other creature. So there are creatures that are definitely bigger than us. You've seen giraffes, okay, elephants. There are creatures that are stronger than us. Any suggestions? Gorillas? I don't know, right? There's lots of creatures that are stronger. There are, are there creatures that are faster than us? Yeah? You tell me. Yeah? What's faster than a person? A deer, okay. Okay, I was going for cheetah, but yeah. So deer or... So many things are faster than human beings. So that's not what makes us Ahsan Taqweem. Maybe it's our minds. I say maybe. I'm starting to doubt, right? Because of social media again, right? I'm starting to doubt. How clever are we as human beings? We're really good at destroying ourselves, you know? We're really good at destroying each other. We're really good at missing the point. Maybe some other animals are more clever than us. I don't know. I don't even just mean dolphins and, you know, the ones that we've decided are clever. Maybe the ones who are just soaring around making tasbih, the birds are just, وَإِن مِّن شَيْءٍ إِلَّا يُسَبِّحُ بِحَمْدِهِ وَلَكِن لَا تَفْقَهُونَ تَسْبِيحَهُمْ Everything is making tasbih of Allah, glorifying Allah's name, but you don't understand what they're saying. Maybe they're cleverer than us. I don't know. But something about the human being has this great potential. The potential to grow, the potential to change, the potential to enact change, the potential to lead, the potential to be trustees upon this earth as he has made the human being, starting with our father Adam salam, Khalifa upon the earth, which implies a person of responsibility, a person charged with representing Allah's attributes amongst the creation. So, ambition, being a reacher means to reach inside yourself and to strive to be the best version of yourself. The best mu'min, the best muttaqi, the best human being. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرٍ We're in loss unless we are striving to be the best of human beings. And we do that through this guidance. This guidance, this revelation which comes from the creator of human beings. Very simple. How do we become the best type of human being? By listening to the one who made us. Simple. So this is what I mean by reachers. And that is one meaning of ihsan. A second meaning of ihsan is to be... Uh, Strategic, the becoming, the developing, becoming better, and reaching our goal. 
reaching the end of our lives in safety, security, reaching our destination in the hereafter, reaching a goodly death. I know we don't like to talk about death, you know, let's talk about life. Yay, okay. But what is life but something which is bounded by a beginning and an end? And our lives will be judged according to their ends. Not where you came from, not the circumstances that you were born into, not the mistakes that you've made in your past, but how you will carve for yourself your future and how you will end your life. And you don't know when that end is. Could be a long way away, could be extremely soon. And how we will meet Allah, the state in which we meet Allah, is the path of Ihsan. To worship Allah knowing that He sees you. To be constantly on this journey to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives, to see Him in everything that is happening around us. When we have something good, we see Allah in that blessing. We thank Him. When something hard and difficult and painful happens to us, we see Allah behind this action. And we're patient. And again, we're thankful. We're thankful to Allah for testing us with that thing and not with something worse. The worst thing to be tested in is your faith. To be tested in wealth, relatively speaking, it's a very light matter. However hard it may get, it's not as bad as being tested in faith. They're being tested in Iman. So, pacing yourself. I talk a lot about moderation, about balance, about establishing balance in life. I think that was another khutbah uh, here in, uh, in, in Glasgow Uni. Doing things, things in balance means pacing yourself on this race, being strategic in order to reach. Which one reached first? The tortoise or the hare? You heard the story? It's an old story, right? The they still tell the story, right, in schools? Okay, the tortoise. The tortoise is the slow one. The hare is the fast one. And I saw a video just a few days ago where they recreated this experiment. And lo and behold, the tortoise actually won the race against the hare or rabbit, right? Um, because the rabbit got distracted. Focus. Remember, focus. The rabbit lost focus, hopping along. I don't know what happened. Halfway through the race, it just stopped. Tortoise, plod, 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 reached the end. This is you. Sorry, it's not a flattering image, but it's better to be the tortoise that reaches, to be the reacher, than to be the rusher. In a rush, behaving rashly and not reaching the goal. So pace yourself, do your salah, do your five prayers, do them in their time, do as much as you're able, increase upon that, give, spend your time in good things, sign up to Gamsa, sign up to volunteer in charity week, do everything that you're able to do, but don't lose balance. Then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I failed that exam, I've got a reset, oh my goodness, I handed in that assignment late, I've been marked down. 25% whatever it is they do here in Glasgow Uni for late assignments, okay? Keeping things in balance, you will reach. Because people burn out. 
these amazing stars that you sometimes see in public or through social media, whatnot, nowadays, people come in public in front of, of, of the people and they're saying certain things and then they burn out. How does that happen? Because they didn't have things in balance. Okay? So, reachers are ambitious. Reachers are strategic and balanced. And reachers, this is the third and last thing about reachers before I say a little bit about the other two rhyming words. The reachers are also beneficial to people. Okay? They reach people with khair. They reach people with goodness. When um, Yusuf السلام, was in prison, you know a lot of Muslims are in prison, by the way. Right? Yusuf السلام, was in a more Islamophobic society than, than us. Okay? Yusuf السلام, was in prison for resisting the urge of you know, those, the sort of slave owner or mistress. And then, for some reason, he was put in prison, though he was innocent. And in there, he didn't say, I'm a victim. I'm, you know, I'm oppressed. He got busy doing what a prophet of Allah does. He got busy with doing what a, a practicing Muslim does. To the extent that when other people entered the prison with him, they came and asked him some questions. I had a dream... I've seen this in my dream. Tell me what, tell me uh, how I can understand this. And then they said to him, Inna naraka min al muhsinin. We see you as one of the muhsinin. We see you as one of these people of excellence, one of these righteous people, one of these people who do good. How do they see him as that? They saw him as that because he behaved as that, because that's how he carried himself. That they saw him as a muhsin. They didn't see him as a burden or a victim or any of these other things that we sometimes get into our heads through reading too many Daily Mail stories or whatever. We end up internalizing some of those negative narratives and we forget what it is to be a reacher. The reacher is on the front foot, the reacher is giving. The reacher is reaching out to people who are excluded and marginalized. Not just those in your immediate circle that you already know, you're already friends with. The reacher is finding people who are lost and bringing them closer. Come with me on this path. Come with me in this community. Let's be brothers. Let's be sisters. Let's be together. Let's not hate each other. Let's not ignore each other. People who are ignored in society we should be the ones who are reaching them, not ourselves saying, as Muslims, we are a marginalized community, we are a demonized community. Okay, in another talk, we'll do a talk about Islamophobia and we'll say these things. But I'm not talking about that today. I'm talking about a mentality that guides us and inspires us and causes us to be positive. It will never happen if we are on the back foot, if we are internalizing a victim mentality. We cannot reach people this way. And we are not allowed to do this. We're not allowed to do this because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a responsibility to carry his deen to humanity. And if we're too busy feeling sorry for ourselves, we won't have time. And we won't have the energy. 
And no one will be in the first place impressed looking at this bunch of sorry people who are upset with themselves and feeling victimized. They will not want, you know, they will not say, I want to hear what those people have to say. But if they see our community with all its potential actualized, doing what we do best, then people will say, I wonder what makes them tick. Right? It's not about when we give charity, we have to give a da'wah leaflet with the charity, and that's how we do da'wah. No. You do it by just being on the front foot. Then you don't even have to say a word. And you'll find that people start to beg you to say a word. Tell me, what solutions do you have? But in order for people to want to know our solutions, we've got to see us having fixed ourselves first. To be muhsineen means we have to have worked on ourselves first. Go back to these essentials. Go back to the heart. Go back to iman. Go back to amal salih. All of these things that we're mentioning, it's not just... Don't let it just be that reminder that just washes over you again and again. And you're looking for some other solution. You're looking for some clever political solution. The solution is what we all know, it's what we all repeat and recite to ourselves all the time. How much time do you have? How much time do you want? Well, I will say a little bit about teachers and preachers and then conclude, inshallah. And then um, a little bit later we'll have a chance also maybe to have question, answers, discussion, maybe some points that you'd just like to share and, and we can discuss around that. Okay. So, my overall message is I want you to be reachers. But, unfortunately, the title is Reachers, Teachers and Preachers. So I have to say something about the other two, because they rhyme, okay? Now, teachers. As I've said, first and foremost, we are trying to teach people through our actions. Okay? And encourage one another amongst ourselves. We're reminding each other about truth. We're reminding each other about patience and all of these qualities. There's a problem nowadays about teachers and titles and, you know, who's a sheikh, who's a ustav, who's a, you know, maulana or mufti or, you know, that's another one of these things nowadays everyone's stressed about, you know, on, uh, on Facebook and stuff like that. Right? At the end of the day, these titles mean very little because they are usually not very well defined. Okay? Uh, I would be the last person to think of myself as a sheikh. Maybe you, you read the leaflet, it said something else, it said sheikh maybe, right? Sometimes I let the young people away with calling me sheikh because I've got a few white hairs in my beard and they're younger than me. But then, when I go and sit with scholars, then, you know, I, okay, that's a sheikh, you know. Me, like the same milkshake, right? Still, you know, drinking from, the, you know, the milk of learning. But really, you know, these titles, we shouldn't get so caught up in it. If you have something that you know, and you're able to teach to your family, to youngsters around you, to colleagues and friends, then spread that knowledge. That's something that the Prophet ﷺ asked us to do. بَلِّغُوا anni walaw ayah Convey from me even if it's one ayah. Condition, caveat, you have to know that ayah. You have to know what the ayah means at least, you know, so you don't misrepresent the ayah. 
The Prophet ﷺ said, خَيْرُكُمْ مَنْ تَعَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنَ وَعَلَّمَهُ The best of you is one who learns the Qur'an and teaches it. So, there's a lot of reward in store for someone who teaches, who tells other people about deen. But again, I'm going to focus a little bit on the negatives of teachers and preachers today. We are not usually encouraged to kind of bite off more than we can chew, you know, to ask for too much responsibility. Same thing applies with seeking, seeking leadership positions, for example. The Prophet ﷺ has given us some kind of um, warnings against that. Not because it is bad to be a leader, but because it is so burdensome. In exactly the same way that we said the burden of being a teacher and the burden of being a preacher as well. You know, if you set yourself up as leading the people, guiding the people, you've got to make sure that you have the qualities and the readiness to fulfill all the burden that that is going to entail. Because on the Day of Judgment, anyone who is in charge of even five people will not be able to move on from their position. You know, they will be chained and not allowed to move on until they have counted, accounted for how did they fulfill that responsibility over those few people even. But then we have examples like Sulaiman Islam. At the end of the day, he is a prophet. He's been given uh, already a kingdom. He's been established on the earth. By the way, I made a film about Prophet Sulaiman Islam, and it was filmed in Glasgow University. So everybody in Glasgow University should have uh, seen it. If you haven't, it's called Solomon and the Queen. Solomon and the Queen. It's on YouTube. You can just watch it for free. And it's mostly just Quran. It's recitation of the Quran, and it's got some. Um, bits of commentary in a way, I mean I'm not just giving a plug for the film but it's also that uh, in there, I've talked a bit about how wealth, power status, these are not evils, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing to be wealthy it's just that, again that wealth becomes a responsibility, how will you, you how will you spend it and maybe some people are better off without the wealth because if they get it due to their own character and some flaws that they have that they need to work on. If they don't work on it, they'll become greedy, they'll become obsessed with wealth. Uh, amazingly, this is the condition of the human being when he or she receives uh, a lot of blessing in the form of wealth. Um, for some reason, the human being wants more. Why is it we don't receive something and say, Alhamdulillah, that I've got this? It'll be, no, no, it's never enough, never enough. When you didn't have it, you were kind of okay. Once you get it, you want more, you want more, you want more. This is a disease of the heart, which is greed, right? So, Sulaiman knows about himself that that's not his um, situation. He knows that he is a worshipper of Allah, that he is grateful to Allah. And you see that all through the ayat of his story, that he's constantly turning back to Allah in repentance, it's even without sin, but just he's turning back to Allah in gratitude, shukr. Okay, and attributing everything to Allah. All the blessings that he has, he said, we have been given this, Allah has given us this. And he's telling that to the people as well. The people around him, he's reminding them of that. He says, you know, min kulli You can read that as like the royal we, we have been given everything. We, he's maybe speaking about his own self as the king, right? But I prefer to read this as he's saying to his his community and his people that we have been given. You know what what I have been taught, I'm using in your service, and and so it is a blessing from Allah to all of us. 
Yusuf we mentioned him when he was in the prison. When he came out of the prison, what did he say? Uh, he says, set me up as in charge of the, the, the storehouses of the land of Egypt, right? Because I am trustworthy and because I am knowledgeable. So he's got the qualifications. He knows that about himself. Um, usually, we don't mention our qualities. We don't, you know, that would be considered boasting in most situations. But in this situation, when um, it was required for him to step up, to take that position so that he, because he knew that he would be the one who's able to fulfill it, and others would not be able to do so, then he mentions his qualities. So seeking after positions in this life, um, and even asking Allah that if, if, um, if I'm suitable for this, then destine it for me. Like when we make istikhara, the istikhara dua, says that if you know that this thing is good for me in this life and in the or, or immediately and in the future then destine it for me but if you know what is bad for me either now or later then keep it away from me and keep me away from it i.e take it you know make it not my destiny but also stop me from wanting something that actually you know is harmful for me Right? So that's why the, the dua aspect, uh, if I understand your question, is about putting it in the hands of Allah, trusting in Allah, that what He apportions to us and gives us is best for us, and what uh, we are kept away from, maybe we are not ready for it, you know, to trust in Allah's uh, decree. But to make ourselves ready, to have that ambition. Do you want to be PM, like Prime Minister? You know, then you have to be qualified. You know, sometimes people say, what if Muslims, what if Muslims took over tomorrow? I don't know how that would happen, what, if, what that means exactly. But I think we all know that, you know, things would be pretty terrible, right? Supposing Theresa May says, I am, or the Queen says, I'm, I make a decree to dissolve the government. We're going to replace it with righteous Muslim uh, committee from such and such mosque or right okay a lot of blood would be shed and it would be Muslim blood before any other you know that internally we're not in that situation right would we make the trains run on time I don't know so the question is about improving ourselves rather than worrying about what position are we going to be put in but if Allah decrees for a certain position for us we ask him to help us to fulfill that to fulfill that right and also to give that you know to have that humility to have that humility as Abu Bakr when he was uh, chosen to be the Khalifa to be the, uh, the leader for the Muslims he said I've been given you know, I've been chosen over you although I'm not the best among you and if you see me doing right then support me and if you see me doing wrong then correct me okay how far that is from the attitude of many people who become leaders nowadays yeah, who do not listen to advice, who do not take advice. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.